that menopause awareness and conversations are increasing in the trust however we know that there are still lots of queries and misinformation and today we are delighted to be joined by Dr Sharma who is a consultant gynaecologist in Daisy Hill Hospital and he is going to answer some of the questions that you our staff have asked us regarding HRT and the menopause. So welcome Dr Sharma. Thank you so much Louise for having me. Um, I think the first question is regarding breast cancer and HRT. If someone has a family history of breast cancer, can they take HRT? Uh, of course, most of the women who have a family history of breast cancer, they can take a HRT. When we talk about family history, sometimes we exaggerate the uh, risk. It's Breast cancer is one of the very common um, cancer in females. And it's not uncommon to have somebody in extended family uh, to have a breast cancer. So when we talk about the family history of breast cancer, it's very important to know who has it and when did they have it. So whether it's a first degree relative or the second degree relative. First degree relative means like your mother, uh, your sibling or your children. Second degree relatives like grandparents, your aunt, your nephews. So if your relative has a first, uh, if your first degree or second degree relative has a breast cancer at the older age than uh, 40 years of age or more, then the woman can absolutely can take HRT. Their risk of uh, breast cancer is the same as the population risk, which is about 3%. So uh, most of these women can take HRT. However, if there's a complex pattern of the um, uh, cancers in the family like bilateral cancer or the male breast cancer uh, or having the some uh, uh, brain cancer like glioma or the adrenal gland cancer or their multiple members in the, fam in the family has a breast cancer then these women should be referred to the specialist menopause uh, clinic. And what about women with BRCA1 and BRCA2 gene mutation who have had both ovaries removed to reduce the risk of ovarian cancer can they take HRT? Oh, absolutely. So women who have a BRCA1 and BRCA2 genes, but no personal history of the breast cancer, um, the HRT has shown that it does not diminish uh, the benefits of uh, removing of the fallopian tubes in the ovary on the reduction of the breast cancer. So the, most of these women are quite young. They are in their late 30s or 40s and they suffer from terrible menopausal symptoms and osteoporosis they should take uh, HRT. Um, the current recommendation is that uh, as long as the uh, these women are not on, and they have no personal history of breast cancer, then they should take HRT until the um, natural age of menopause, which is 51 years of age. And what advice would you give to our staff who have personal history of breast cancer? Um, can they take HRT? Um, if they have a personal history of the breast cancer, then they should avoid HRT at the start. Uh, they should take the non-hormonal uh, preparation first, um, medications which uh, we include commonly used medication or Venlafaxine. It's a 37.5 milligram starting dose. It can go up to 225 milligram. Other medication we use commonly in younger, especially in younger women is called oxybutylene. This is a medication we use for overactive bladder. The dose is 2.5 to 5 milligram. Uh, can be increased if they're tolerating well. Other medication which we use is fluoxetine and paroxetine. However, they should be avoided if somebody is on tamoxifen as they can interfere with the action of the tamoxifen. 
there is a current new medication coming up which is neurokinase 3 receptor antagonist um, this has shown the very promising result and hopefully will be available um, in coming uh, few months other than the medication uh, what we have seen the uh, daily routine exercise helps to improve the mood and other symptoms however exercise does not relieve the vasomotor symptom hot flush in night sweats but is helpful for other symptoms as well some of the herbal medications are good they can try a, a called the phytoestrogens like isoflavins black cohosh it's good however uh, we uh, safety and the benefit effects are still inconclusive in studies and um, if they are suffering from the uh, urogenital symptom or vaginal symptoms then a woman who have a personal history of breast cancer they sh uh, should avoid taking the uh, local HRT they should try first the vaginal lubricants and uh, the vaginal moisturizer however if the symptoms are does not improve then they can take the vaginal uh, HRT especially if they are not on any hormonal therapy or if their uh, breast cancer is estrogen negative regarding the systemic hrt which you asked me earlier whether they can take hrt um, if the non-hormonal medication fail to improve symptoms and their quality of life is is very poor then absolutely in this woman they should consider taking hrt however these women should be referred to their uh, oncologist and the breast surgeon they should be seen in the um, in the specialist menopause clinic to allow them to have a personalized plan uh, for their needs and uh, and if they need to be on a HRT it should be having a close discussion with their oncologist and the breast surgeon and just on the effectiveness of HRT how long does it take for it to work it's very variable uh, Louise it sometimes takes a woman feel effect straight away uh, and sometimes they be longer on average it takes about six weeks and sometime up to three months to show the effect of the HRT and if someone is on HRT for a long period of time say maybe six months and they're still having symptoms what can be done for these ladies so if they haven't found the um, HRT effective then first of all check the compliance whether they are taking the medication uh, correctly it's, uh, transdermal preparation like patches are very uh, common these days and uh, most of women use patches uh, which is having a, a safe good safety profile in comparison taking the oral HRT but some of the HRT uh, some of these or uh, the patches don't stick very well they just fall off and they don't if they're falling off they obviously they are not going to work in these sort of cases is better to consider other form of the HRT if they just want to stay on the transdermal preparation then maybe even consider the gels or spray uh, or if there's no contraindication and uh, then may even offer them the oral HRT so uh, some of the times even if it's patches sticking well and they are taking the medication on a regular basis still they are not effective especially the transdermal uh, hrt it's worth cons uh, checking the uh, the hormone levels estradiol and fsh levels sometimes the um, the estrogen does not absorb very well through the transdermal route it's worth checking the levels what we're looking into the le levels of estradiol levels of more than about 400 to 500 picomoles per liter 
And if somebody has levels less than that, then it's worth increasing the dose of the um, medication. When would you consider local or vaginal HRT? Vaginal HRT or vaginal estrogen rather I would say is uh, it should be considered if somebody is suffering from the urogenital symptoms. What do I mean by the urogenital symptoms that uh, vulvar or vaginal uh, dryness, irritation, burning sensation, sometimes foul smelling discharge. We often uh, misdiagnose as a vaginal infection and they get a lot of uh, can stand which makes even uh, their symptoms uh, vaginal discharge worse. Urinary symptoms, we're talking of urgency, uh, frequency, uh, nocturia going to the room often at night time, urge incontinence, and there are sometimes recurrent UTIs. So uh, in these cases, the vaginal estrogen uh, should be absolutely considered. I'll go through briefly what actually happens, how the symptom starts. In the healthy vagina, the mucosa is shedding after every four hours. And when the cells are shedding, it releases a lot of glycogen. And there's a lot of glycogen. It helps to increase the growth of the good bacteria called lactobacilli, which maintains the vaginal pH acidic, means less than five. What happened in menopause, the vaginal mucosa thins out. The number of mucosal cells remains is less than 10% of the healthy mucosa. When there's less shedding of the mucosa, it causes uh, less glycogen and less lactobacilli and it leads to the increased growth of the E. coli which causes this foul smelling discharge. It has been also seen that its uh, lack of the estrogen also causes the decreased quality of the collagen in the submucosal uh, area of the vagina and what it does it causes the, uh, the prolapse. So the symptom which we see is all interrelated and um, Similar effect happens on the bladder. So there is a uh, estrogen receptors on the vagina, uh, on the bladder mucosa, and on the muscle of the bladder called detrusor muscle, and on the sphincter of the bladder which is called urethral sphincters. When there is a deficiency of the estrogen, this leads to the urinary symptoms. So when if somebody is suffering from the urogenital symptoms, then the answer is taking the vaginal. Um, estrogen. It comes in a two forms. The main forms we have is the estradiol, which we also call as a E2, or estradiol, which is E3. E3 is less potent than E2. So the number of preparations which we have available in the market regarding estradiol is the Vagifampasris or Vagirex. Um, for the estriol, we had um, Obistain cream or the estriol cream. Um, so, it, it's, so if using the vaginal estrogen uh, still does not relieve the symptoms, then the other uh, uh, products which we have is the DHEA, uh, which is by the market name is called, comes as an intra-rosa 6.5 milligram pessary to be used every day. The benefit of taking the intra-rosa is that it releases both um, estrogen, it's a precursor of the estrogen and the androgen. So you get not only getting the estrogen, but you're also getting the androgens. So it, it is very effective in the refractory cases, which hasn't been resolved by using the uh, vaginal um, estrogen. Other medication, uh, oxyphenifene, is the only oral medication available. It's about 60 milligram, especially for those uh, women who cannot take HRTs, for example, breast cancer patients, um, it is 
effective for the uh, uterovaginal symptoms. However, one of the side effects which comes with oxyphenifine is the dry, uh, hot flushes. So even though they're getting a symptom relief from the urogenital symptoms, but they're getting the hot flushes, which uh, is sometimes is troublesome for most of these patients. And will they have the same risk and side effects as oral or systemic HRT? If the absorption into the uh, body uh, or the blood vessel stream is very, very minuscule if somebody is taking the vaginal estrogen. So they don't get the same side effects uh, or even the risk uh, as with as we see with the oral or transdermal HRT. So the, if the absorption into the body is so little, they don't need any monitoring. Uh, even those estrogen, they don't even need to take any progesterone. Sometimes what is seen that when they start using this vaginal preparation, there is an increase in the irritation uh, sensation. This is due to the maximum absorption of the vaginal estrogen at the start when the symptoms are the worst. Um, so that can lead to this irritation when the absorption is maximum, but it usually settles when they have a treatment uh, dose of uh, two weeks. When they go on a maintenance dose, uh, they can the symptoms get relieved. If the symptoms are very uh, or very uh, severe that they just cannot tolerate vaginal um, symptoms, uh, vaginal um, estrogen, it's worth starting with the estradiol, which is a less potent form of the vaginal estrogen. And when the symptoms get resolved, then they can switch back to the uh, estradiol preparation. And what advice would you give to women who have a poor quality sleep? If sleep uh, disturbance is very common in perimenopausal women. This is one of the uh, first symptoms which have which comes in a perimenopausal state due to the fluctuation of the estrogen and the low uh, progesterone levels some of the perimenopausal menopausal symptoms also contribute to sleep disturbance like having a hot flushes night sweats uh, running to the loo often which called as a nocturia hampers the uh, quality of the sleep uh, so having a poor quality of sleep it basically what it does to the worsening of the other menopausal symptoms when you get up uh, tired in the morning you're not going to have a, a very good relationship at work and at home it causes the brain fog anxiety and uh, depression so one of the common things which we sleep that this is the in the sleep disturbance is the uh, waking up in the middle of night and not able to go back to the sleeps Things which we can do to improve the quality of sleep is first is utmost important to make the lifestyle uh, changes. So avoiding the caffeine, what the caffeine has been is a strong stimulant. There, so we should avoid the women who having the problem with the sleep disturbance, they should avoid the tea or coffee uh, from midday. Uh, it has been seen uh, that even if you take coffee at the uh, afternoon or later on the evening could have a detrimental effect uh, of the sleep later on night. So they should avoid tea and coffee from midday. Alcohol intake, it m should be diminished. Uh, it has been seen that alcohol might uh, have a sedative effect or feed relax and able to go to sleep. But it disrupts the rapid eye movement sleep. And um, that's a good sleep, that's a deep sleep and so you feel next day tired or having a hangover and that contributes to other menopausal symptoms. So um, if you're having um, 
poor quality uh, sleep because of the uh, vaginal symptoms or the vasomotor symptoms, it's worse than considering HRT. Um, having a vasomotor symptom, taking the oral or transdermal HRT, or if you're having the vaginal symptoms, then you should consider taking the uh, vaginal uh, HRT. HRT itself has been seen to improve the uh, uh, quality of the sleep. If a woman have an intact uterus, then they need to take progesterone. And micronized progesterone has been seen has a good sedative effect on the quality of sleep. So uh, taking in the, in the night time um, with the food helps to uh, improve the quality of sleep. Other things which can be done to having uh, improve the quality of sleep is having a yoga or going having um, avoiding that screen uh, after eight or nine o'clock. Uh, mindfulness. This all helps to improve the quality of sleep. And with regards to early menopause and bone protection, would you advise women to take HRT for bone protection if they have early menopause? If the women have early menopause, especially at the younger age group, less than 40, absolutely they should take HRT. Um, it would help to improve their bone density and to prevent osteoporosis. Um, whole principle behind taking the HRT in this woman is to replace the hormones which they would naturally have it if they haven't gone into early menopause. So the current recommendation is that woman who's gone into early menopause, they should take HRT for the bone protection until they are 51 years of age. And if someone has early menopause, say maybe around the age of 44, should they go for a DEXA bone scan to check for osteoporosis? So first of all, what is DEXA scan? DEXA scan actually checks the bone density um, in comparison to the healthy cohort of population. So if they have uh, so the levels come back as minus one and above, that's a healthy uh, group. If the levels below minus one to minus 2.5, we call it osteopenia, and minus less than um, minus 2.5 and below, it called osteoporosis. And if the, somebody has a minus 2.5 or less and have a fracture, we call it a severe osteoporosis. So whether the person needs a DEXA scan is also depend whether they have a additional risk factors, uh, whether somebody has a personal history of stress fractures, whether they're on steroids, whether they have a low BMI or do they smoke or the family history of um, fractures or the osteoporosis. So there, is diff there are lots of tools available online also in which you can check the necessity of doing the DEXA scan or whether you need to go on HRT for the bone protection. The commonly which I use is called FARAX score, F-R-A-X, all in capitals. It's developed in Sheffield. Um, if you put all your data into that uh, sort of an analyzer online tool, it will give you whether uh, uh, give you the answer whether you need to go on a HRT and whether you need to have a DEXA scan. And I, I know the next question is one that a lot of women might want to know the answer to. Does HRT put on weight? HRT itself does not contribute to put on weight. It's sometimes when you start HRT, we might see the weight gain, but that is mostly the fluid retention, which is a side effects of the progesterone. And it's a temporary thing. Uh, it, it's, it's it basically get rid of your fluid uh, when you stop HRT or after a while. 
but it does HRT does not increase the uh, adipose tissue. So what happened in a perimenopausal state when we are around 45, our body metabolism slows down. So we tend to put on more weight, even our calorie intake remains the same. So again, what we see that when we, our alcohol intake is the highest in 40s, we drink a lot and alcohol has a lot of calories in comparison to other food. So it's actually the perimenopausal state and our lifestyle which actually put on a weight. So what happened that when there's a lack of the estrogen, we tend to put on more weight on our abdomen um, and that increases the abdominal girth circum uh, circumference and that leads to the increase in the metabolic uh, syndrome that is the high risk of the diabetes and blood pressure and high risk of having heart attacks. So taking the HRT, what it does, it uh, shifts, redistribute the weight to the hips and decrease the abdominal circumference and thereby reduces the uh, uh, metabolic uh, syndrome. So HRT, what else it does is uh, make you feel good. It also improve your energy levels and make you encouraged to actually do some physical exercise. And by doing the physical exercise, you tend to lose weight. So to answer your question, HRT actually helps to reduce weight rather than putting on a weight in long term. And if HRT is good for your bones and heart, and if HRT is good for your bones and your heart, should everybody after menopause take HRT? Uh, not necessarily that everybody should take HRT. The main indication for HRT is the uh, is to control of the menopausal symptoms or in a younger population who has a uh, early menopause as um, less than 40, which we call as a premature ovarian insufficiency. And the third thing is that um, the lady who are having a treatment or the prevention of the osteoporosis. So instead of taking the HRT, we should, look, uh, we should make some modification to our lifestyle. First of all, the diet, we should take low calorie diet, which like for, for example, Mediterranean diet, which is high in fruits, vegetables, uh, cereals, and legumes. Uh, we should take high uh, uh, fish intake and we should reduce over alcohol intake um, we should uh, have a low saturated uh, fat intake and and uh, high unsaturated fat intake uh, like olive oil and less uh, dairy products um, like yogurt um, or um, or um, or cheese so alcohol intake should be uh, reduced um, it has been seen also that taking the more exercise would be beneficial for your heart and the bone uh, people who have more sedentary lifestyle and have a less activity, they are, they are at five times higher risk of having the uh, cardiovascular disease. So what is a current recommendation is a 150 minutes of the uh, of 50 minutes exercise a week um, including 30 minutes of the strenuous exercise uh, is good for heart and good for bones. And you had referred there to cardiovascular disease. Um, if you have a family history of cardiovascular disease, are there benefits of using HRT? And if so, for how long? Uh, estrogen uh, has a, certainly has a protective effect on the cardiovascular disease, especially um, if they are under 60 or if they have a menopause 
within a 10 years of starting HRT. Uh, so women who ha have early menopause, they should definitely take HRT. Other measures has been seen which is uh, protective for the cardiovascular disease is the lipid lowering agents like statins has a beneficial effect on the cardiovascular disease. Other factors to improve the cardiovascular disease is to have the uh, treatment of the metabolic uh, syndrome like um, hypertension and the diabetes. And as I mentioned before, maintaining healthy lifestyle is very important and doing the vigorous exercise is very good for the cardiovascular disease. Second question you asked me about the whole long somebody should take HRT and in particular with the cardiovascular disease. It's very variable. It's very personal um, thing. Women, um, we should not be telling anybody how long they should take. There is no arbitrary uh, point when they should stop HRT. If somebody is feeling good and has good quality of life, then they can take HRT um, maybe even lifelong. Uh, coming up to cardiovascular uh, risk reduction, it has been seen, there's a good evidence which suggests that women who are on HRT and if they stop their HRT earlier on, um, uh, earlier than uh, 60 years of age, they are the higher risk of having the cardiovascular uh, disease mortality on morbidity in comparison to the women who take the HRT uh, above 60. So to answer your question, um, women, if, if they started on HRT, then they should take HRT at least they are 60 and even beyond. That's great. Thank you so much for taking part, Dr. Sharma. You're welcome, Liz. Thank you.